question for you. What comes to mind when you hear the word prophecy? Future, predictions, I'm sorry. Dreams, a word from the Lord. You might think about Old Testament prophets with, with prophecies of hellfire and brimstone judgment. Or you might think about the book of Revelation and end times. Well, New Testament prophecy is different from these. And Paul lets us know how. We are in the third week of a series that the entire vineyard is doing called Empowered. And we're looking at how the Holy Spirit moves, the different ways that the Holy Spirit moves in our lives. Last week, George came forward and told us about the Holy Spirit and healing. And Beth began the series talking about Holy Spirit as revealer. Today, we are going to kind of return to where Beth began. Today, we're going to talk about prophecy. Let us pray. Father God, we come recognizing that you and you alone are everything. Father, I pray for Beth in her absence. I pray for continued healing. I pray that you would grant her grace and space to do all that you are doing in her life. I pray for peace. I pray for Paul as he cares for Beth. Give him strength and wisdom. I pray for Charles in his absence. I pray for comfort and peace as they memorialize his grandma. I pray for all of our absent family members, Father. You know where they are. Those that are sick in their body, touch and heal right now, Father God. Those that are traveling, I pray traveling mercies. Bring them safely back home. We miss them. Father God, have your way this morning. Speak through me. Speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's get into this prophecy. Prophecy is one of the promises of the Holy Spirit's presence. In Acts, Peter quotes the prophet Joel, talking about God's promise to those who would serve him. In the last day, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. And Paul makes it clear that prophecy is also a gift that we should all desire. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. 
but the one who prophesies, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. Prophecy is a gift given by the Holy Spirit for us to share with other people. And we share it for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. John Wimber, one of the founders of the Vineyard, defined prophecy by saying, it is the supernatural ability to speak the mind of God on a given subject at a given time by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Good old John. Paul puts prophecy at the top of the list of gifts we should desire. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Why do you think this is? Thank you, George. You can come up here and preach this sermon. It is because it edifies the whole church. And it is so powerful for strengthening, encouraging, and comforting people. As Beth noted in her introductory sermon to this series, one of the great privileges we have as Christians is that we get to learn to hear more and more from the Holy Spirit. And with prophecy, we get to share what we hear with others. The Bible tells us that God speaks to different people in different ways. Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. So you, and I do mean you, individually you, may hear from God through pictures, visions, or in dreams, or by reading his word. You might hear from him through words spoken by someone else, or even through your own circumstances. You might get a word of knowledge from the Spirit. Now, prophecy is very closely related to word of knowledge, and we're going to have a whole series, um, a whole sermon on the gifts. But it's important to know that a word of knowledge is a Holy Spirit-given revelation about a fact. It is very specific. And prophecy can involve a word of knowledge. No matter how you hear, the important thing is to be open to hearing. Although not all of us will prophesy, I believe that God wants more of us to prophesy. And I believe that there are those of you sitting here today who already know that that's a gift you have. And you might just need a little encouragement and a little permission to use that gift. So hopefully, you'll get that today. In order to use this gift, we must know how he speaks to each of us personally. The best way to learn how God is speaking to us and to discern what he is saying is by praying for others. This is where you fine-tune 
your reception and ability to hear. The five-step prayer model that the vineyard developed and uses is born out of this principle that we need to hear from the Lord. So if you've ever come to the front for prayer or just randomly been anywhere in the world and somebody who has been um, trained in the five-step prayer model prays for you, usually one of the first things that they will say is, we're going to wait for a moment to listen for what God might be saying. And then we wait. Because we are waiting to hear from God about whomever we are praying for. So when we start praying and we think we're hearing, we sit with it for a bit. So there's still some silence. And as we're sitting with it, we're asking, is this really the Lord? Could it be my emotions? Could it be that pizza I ate last night? If we think it's the Lord, we then ask, is it just for me? Is it for the entire church? Is it for an individual? This is discernment. Sometimes God reveals something to us and we think, oh Lord, thank you Jesus, I am going to go and give this to the church. When the Lord is trying to say, hey, bring it in. This is for you. And it's important to know the difference. When you do hear something that you believe is for someone else, Paul tells us how we should prophesy. And this is the apostle, not the husband of our pastor. We got to be clear. Because he's real smart too. This is what um, Paul says. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. I want you to hear me. A prophetic word always strengthens, comforts, and encourages. If you don't remember anything else I say today, and that is highly likely, remember, prophecy, New Testament prophecy, always strengthens, encourages, and comforts. Also, remember the biblical principle that says, if it's not going to build up, don't say it. How many of y'all remember your mama saying, if you can't say something nice, don't say it? She was coming straight from the word of God and may not have known it. True prophecy communicates the Lord's grace and peace to people. It doesn't scare people. It doesn't cause people to panic. Paul opens all of his letters, and each one, each of his letters we, we know are directly inspired by God with the greetings, grace and peace to you from God and our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And in his letter to Timothy, he includes mercy in the greeting. Prophecy through 
mercy, forgiveness, and encouragement will touch the hearts of people. And as a result, there is a longing to know Jesus more. A willingness to make amends and restore relationships. And a release to enter into all the good things that the Lord has purposed and planned. That's prophecy. The Lord also gives um, amazing encouragement to his people through a gift of prophecy. Prophecy has the power to release us from cages of bondage around all kinds of things. Particularly around discouragement. Many Christians have at some time in their lives believed that God is going to do a, an amazing thing, a big thing through them, through their church, through their parachurch ministry. And then adversity comes along. And somewhere in there, they begin to lose hope. And they begin to believe that what they thought was going to happen would not. A prophetic word can destroy these lies. Words of encouragement bless and encourage both the hearer and the giver as they show God at work. The Lord loves to encourage his people, especially when they face important decisions. I have been blessed, really blessed to receive some really special words. And um, as you all, most of you all know, because I won't let you forget, I moved here from Chicago. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm living in Chicago, and I lose my husband. He passes. And I'm thinking, do I really want to stay in Chicago? On the one hand, uh, you know, I don't want to stay there because I've lost my husband, and we had moved there together, and I couldn't imagine being there without him. But on the other hand, my church family was there, the people who had walked with me through so much in life. Uh, McKinley and Elise's friends, they had no friends outside of Chicago. So I'm secretly praying about this. And it's a secret because I'm also on staff at the Hyde Park Building. And you know, staff movement can cause some consternation, let's say. So I'm, I'm being real secretive about this. And I'm praying and my pastor's wife walks up to me one day and says, I think I heard something for you. And she quotes Isaiah 43:19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. It was like God himself had spoken to me because I certainly felt like I was in a wasteland. I was in this new space of being a widow. And I, I just felt like this new season was a wilderness. I, did, I didn't know what to expect. Through his word, a prophetic word, Amy allowed me to know that God was in this season with me. And more importantly, that he was in this move to North Carolina. 
this is a prophetic word because it spoke directly to my situation. She could have walked up to anybody else and said the exact same thing. And had it not spoken directly to their situation, it would not have been a prophetic word. It would have been the word of God and a blessing, but it would not have been a prophetic word. The Lord also loves to use a gift of prophecy to identify or confirm the ministry gifts that he has given his people. Paul wrote to Timothy, do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through a prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. The church is the body of Christ. Therefore, it stands to reason that the sooner that uh, we discern the ministry calling and gifting of people, the sooner they can be trained and released into ministry. And this includes new Christians and Christians that have been walking for decades. People love operating in their spiritual gifts because it is the, it is the moments the moment at which we know we are in lockstep with the Holy Spirit. Prophecy enables us to identify and discern God's, how God has gifted and called people. Sometimes when I pray for people, I ask God to show me how he has gifted them. This always encourages them as the Lord affirms for them the gifts and calling that they are, they are already aware of. And I think this might be what Paul means when he says strengthens, right? You can't strengthen something that doesn't exist, right? So if you're strengthening something, it's something that's already there. Prophecy, New Testament prophecy affirms and confirms. It affirms and confirms. I don't believe, and this is Rolisa speaking, I do not believe that New Testament prophecy is about telling the future. I don't believe it's about revealing something to someone that is wholly new to them, that they had no clue was coming. I am not saying God cannot do those things. He is God. He can do all of those things. He can tell us the future. He can tell you something new. But what I am saying is that I don't believe that New Testament prophecy as practiced in the church, and I mean the big C church, is meant to be future telling or walking up on people telling them things that don't really apply because they, if somebody, if somebody comes up to you and says to you that you are going to do a thing, in the church, in the, in the ministry, in the world, that you have never given a thought to, odds are very good that is not prophetic. And it's okay to leave it. We get in trouble when we allow people to speak over us things and we grab hold of them and then we find ourselves on a path God never intended. Okay? It is okay to walk away. So here in the vineyard, there is one rule. Oh, Lord. There, well, there is a rule. There is one rule. <laughs> but there is one rule that we try to follow. Anybody want to guess what it is? 
Well, that's part of it. <laughs> that's, that's a good part of it. The rule is that when giving prophetic words, they should always be strengthening, encouraging, and comforting. Prophecy is by nature a public ministry, right? It's not done in private. It is public. And this can lead to all kinds of issues. Some people, myself included, have encountered some really unsettling and even harmful things associated with prophecy. It happens too often. I usually see it posted on Facebook or someplace like that in social media. And I'm sure you've seen it too. There are prophecies about earthquakes and death and destruction and people dying. I don't think that's what New Testament prophecy is, right? Jesus came and he gave his life that we would have abundant life. And there is no abundant life in being scared to death. So when you see those things, or if you hear, if you're praying, and you hear something that is not strengthening, it's not encouraging, it's not comforting, it is scary, and that happens, we hear those things. Ted Kim, pastor at the Evanston Vineyard, has some really helpful advice, and I'm going to share it with you. He says that if you hear something or see something or read something that does not strengthen, encourage, or comfort, perhaps one of three things is happening. One, maybe you're wrong. It is possible. I know, y'all don't ever think Lisa could be wrong. But it is possible. We are human. We are fallible. You just might be wrong. And if you're wrong, it really is. Thank you. It, it is okay. If you're wrong, it's okay. Keep it moving. That's what Lisa likes to say. Keep it moving. Paul instructs us to weigh prophecy carefully, right? He says two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. If you're wrong, it's okay. If you receive something that is wrong, weigh it. Weigh it with what's going on in your life. Weigh it against the word of God. And if it's wrong, thank you and keep it moving. Number two, maybe you need to pray. Sometimes, especially if you're an intercessor, God is going to reveal all kinds of things about the people that you're praying for. And sometimes those things are really heavy and kind of negative and and you don't kind of want to deal with it, right? You're like, oh, that's a mess. Um, I don't want to deal with that. What you're supposed to do is pray a little longer, right? Just pray. That leads us to number three. Maybe you didn't listen long enough. So you get that word that is upsetting. It, it, you, you know you cannot and should not because you hear the word of God and you hear what Lisa's saying, comforting, strengthening, right? You, so you know you can't go give it to them. What do you do with it? 
you pray. Because if God gave you a diagnosis, the thing, right? This person is in trouble, and this is how. If he gave you the diagnosis, pray until you get the prognosis, okay? It's like, just like when we go to the doctor. When I go to the doctor, some of y'all know I have lung disease. And so when I go to the doctor, when, they, when I first went in 2005 and they told me, well, Relisa, this is what you have. If they had said, Relisa, you have sarcoidosis, good luck with that. <laughs> right? They did not. They said, Relisa, you have sarcoid in, of the lung, and these are the things. These are the medications you will take. These are the things you can do. Right? That, the church is the same way. If God gives you something about someone, the diagnosis, he will give you the prognosis. And if he doesn't, return to number two and just pray. Don't say any words, just pray. So as I begin to draw this to a close, I want us to remember that prophecy is about building up the church. In a culture where prophecy is freely given to others and received by others, there will also be an atmosphere of strength, encouragement, and peace. Isn't that what we want for our church? Here in the vineyard, we do not use the title prophet and prophetess because we believe we're all able to prophesy, right? We are all prophets. We are all prophetesses. You might be sitting, and you are, right here, and somebody that you have barely spoken to or someone you know very well can turn to you and give you a prophetic word. We all can operate in the gift of prophecy. But the most common way that the gift of prophecy is used in the church is when we receive a word when praying for someone in small settings, right? <clears throat> so like in life group or um, when you all come up for prayer um, or in intercessory prayer. Again, it could be a word of knowledge, something specific to the person, or a word of prophecy, a word to encourage them and build them up. We should feel free to share what we hear, but we should also be wise. Right? So when you get a word and you feel like God has given you something for someone, you might begin with, I think the Lord is impressing on me this idea for you. Or I feel like I'm hearing. My favorite is I get the sense that. Because by using these kinds of words, you are both making room for human error and you're allowing the person receiving to say, nope, that doesn't apply. And we always want to do that. We also get to hear prophecy in the church through the sermon. The gift of teaching and prophecy are closely linked, just like the gift of knowledge and prophecy are. Often the word brought from the pulpit is a prophetic word. Something that God has given to the speaker to inspire, build up, and encourage. 
We get to hear prophecy all the time if we are listening to people who preach powerfully from the word of God. Uh, so I spent some time in, uh, in the black church. And, and the pastor would get up there and start preaching. And we would say, oh, Lord, he's reading my mail. Has Beth ever read anybody's mail in here? And what I love about this mail, particularly as Beth delivers it, is that regardless of what conviction or instruction or correction comes forth, I'm always reminded of God's love. So sometimes we feel that we have a word for the church. I love it when Charles, I miss him, Charles. I love it when Charles, during worship, will get real prophetic on us, right? Right? He'll just start speaking things, and you know, you know they are from God. Sometimes he'll call out a malady, something someone might be suffering with. He did it one night at, a, at an evening service. It must have been something special. And it was me. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't say in that moment that it was me, but I knew. I knew that word was for me. I love when Charles does that. But sometimes God will give an individual in the church a word. When we are um, our intercessors, we get words all the time. When we discern that they are for the church, we have a process, right? So, and this applies to anybody, whether you're an intercessor or sitting here, uh, if you get a word that is that you believe is for the church, it needs to be vetted. Paul tells us that the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. So while everyone does get to play, it, it is also true that we must vet and spiritually discern together what is going to be brought before the body, right? And so if you feel you get a word, I want to encourage you. Don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. You've been with the Lord and you feel like you get a word. I want to encourage you to take it to Beth. Right? At any point, except when she's up on, in the pulpit, when she's up here preaching, then take it to one of the elders. Now, Beth has shared with me that when people bring something to her, it's usually one of three things happen. Either she's already going to address it in the sermon, in, in which case, good job, y'all are on one accord, the Holy Spirit is moving. And she's not going to ask you to say any words, right? Or it resonates, she and, she and God are on that one, she'll ask you to say and give us what God has given you. Or it doesn't really resonate, for whatever reason, timing, subject matter and she will decide no we're not we're not going to have that spoken today maybe it's for a later time what you have to know is that and we have to trust is that as our leader and the one who has been placed over this flock she is responsible for the spiritual development of all of us and she may have information from the holy spirit or natural information that will allow her to vet in a different way 
what is being said. So we respect that. Don't get mad, don't walk away pouting, and never come back. Just know, it's like being wrong. It's a thing. Try it again. Can the worship team come up? So as we close out, what I really want you all to remember is that New Testament prophecy is not Old Testament prophecy. It is not going to scare us, okay? It is not going to make us afraid to enter into the presence of the Lord. New Testament prophecy has a purpose. And the central purpose of prophecy is always to connect us to the Lord, his heart, his purposes, and plans for us, and to help us better fulfill his kingdom purposes for our lives and the lives of our churches. In essence, prophecy reveals Jesus, who he is, his heart and love for us, and his desire to encourage, strengthen, and comfort us as we seek to serve him. <clears throat> Today, I encourage you to listen to God's voice each day. As you read your Bible, listen to God's voice. Ask the question, what are you saying to me, Lord? As you attend a life group or Sunday morning service or you pray for others, listen for God's voice. God what do you want me to learn from this? As you listen to Beth or other speakers, ask. Listen critically. Ask, what, what, Lord? What are you saying? And then, if you think that you hear God speaking, maybe through his word or uh, someone else, weigh it. Weigh it. Weigh it. Get in your words so you have the weights. We are a people who have been baptized with the Holy Spirit. We should expect the Spirit of God to move. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, come. We eagerly desire the gift of hearing from you. Empower us to hear your voice. We expect that you will speak, and as you do, we will listen and respond. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask our uh, prayer teams to come forward. And I am going to ask that if you want the gift of prophecy, if you think you have the gift and it just needs to be woken up a little bit, or if you just need prayer, there may be a prophetic word for you today. Please, please don't leave here without getting prayer. Thank you, guys. <laughs>